Amen. Amen. As you take a seat, go ahead and take your Bibles out, and you're going to turn to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, the Psalms are right in the middle of your Bible, about 150 of them, not about. There's exactly 150 of them. And we're going to be looking at Psalm 23 today as we start this new series called Soul Satisfied. Uh, it's the Psalms, what are they? Uh, well, they are, they're praises. They're their songs. This was, the Psalms were Israel's hymn book. Uh, pastor and teacher, Christopher Ash, he says this, the Psalms are spirit-inspired words given to us by God to speak about God to God. That's great. That's a great summary. The, the Psalms are spirit-inspired words given to us by God to speak about God to God. The Psalms help us to know how to, how to pray, how to wrestle with, with God, how to, how to worship him and to feel and express our emotions rightly before him, whether that's sorrow or anger or joy or trust. Uh, John Calvin called the Psalms an anatomy of the soul. He's like every emotion that could be felt or expressed is contained somewhere here in these 150 Psalms. And what's really neat is they're not all written in this polished or polite language. They're poetry, but they are raw and they are real and they're very personal. And when we, when we study them and believe them and pray them, we will draw nearer to God or better, they will help us to recognize his nearness and they will cultivate in us satisfaction in him. Uh, I think on the slide up here, you're gonna see all the Psalms that we're gonna be doing this summer. So if you wanna take a picture of that, you can. If you like to read ahead and study ahead in preparation for each week, we're in Psalm 23 today. The last psalm that we're going to do in this series is Psalm 131. That's the sermon that I'll preach as I come back from sabbatical. And here's the challenge for us as a church for this series. We, I hope, we are going to memorize Psalm 131 together as a church. All right, so now here's the good news. It's only three verses long. All right, so that makes it pretty easy. And here's how, what I'd suggest doing. We've got 10 Sundays, so there's nine weeks till that Sunday. So here's what I'd love us to do. Just take the first verse of Psalm 131, and each day at some point, just read that first verse and do that for three weeks. And then each day, just read the first and second verse for three more weeks. And then for the last three weeks, just read the whole book in one setting. The whole, sorry, not the book, the whole chapter <laughs> in one setting. It should take about a minute. And by the end of this series, we should have this psalm committed to memory as a church, like in our souls. Psalm 131. So that's the challenge. All right, you ready? Psalm 23, you there? Okay. Let's jump into this. Psalm 23, verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The picture here is not just of any shepherd. The shepherd is the Lord. And who's that make us? God's people. That means we are in this picture, his sheep. And and, and when you think about us as the sheep, don't think about some wild mountain goat type sheep all by itself wandering on the side of a mountain. That's not the type of sheep being pictured here. These are the sheep that can't care for themselves. These are the sheep that to thrive need a shepherd. Otherwise they, they wander off and they get hurt or they get eaten. That's us. That's God's people is the sheep. How does this shepherd in this passage care for his sheep? There's three ways, three ways. The first one is this. Our shepherd provides. Our shepherd provides. Verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's kind of hard language to understand there. What's it saying? I shall not want. It means more of I want for nothing. Your translation might say, I lack nothing. Amy's favorite translation of this passage is in the New Living Translation. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I have everything that I need. I am satisfied. Remember last week, Philippians chapter four, verse 19, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. The Lord is the ultimate satisfaction of our needs. If the Lord is your shepherd, you have everything that you actually need. Like we lack nothing that the shepherd in his perfect wisdom knows that we need. Last week, again, remember, God knows best. Uh, I've been trying to memorize Psalm 34. It's not going super great so far. But Psalm 3410 says, the young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord, they lack no good thing. Do you believe that? And don't just, don't just say you believe it. Really look into your soul and your life. Do, do I believe that I lack nothing in my life because I have the shepherd? And do I live in a way that demonstrates that? Look down. 
In verse two and three now, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I have all that I need. Verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness or he leads me along the right paths for his namesake. That language there, he, he makes me. He leads me, he restores me, he leads me. What does all of that mean? It means that he provides spiritual rest and comfort and nourishment and he guides us into what is best. He guides us along the right paths. How does he do that? Well, we see in scripture that typically the way that the Lord guides us into the right paths is, is by his spirit and through his word. Psalm, Psalm 119, 105 says this, your word is a lamp, it's a guide to my feet, and it is a light, it illuminates my path. Our shepherd will only lead you along right paths. You're like, Nate, again, like you studied, prepared, and prayed all week to tell us that? Yes. So hear it again. Our shepherd will only lead you along the right paths. Um, have you ever followed someone that you know is lost? I've done this before while hiking. You're out in the woods and you, made the, you make the mistake of letting the person lead who volunteers to lead. And then as you're coming along, you get to a fork in the path and they're like, I know exactly where we're going. We're going down this path right here. So you're like, okay, follow the leader. You get down that path and an hour into it, it comes to a dead end. And they're like, oh, you know, I wondered if that would happen. Let's turn around and go the other way, follow me. And you're like, nope, you have lost all privileges. You are now going to the back of the pack. I am leading. I will get us out of here into a restaurant because I'm hungry. Once someone has led you completely off the route, it's difficult to follow them, isn't it? It's difficult to trust them in the future as they lead you and guide you. He won't lead you in the wrong direction. He won't. You see, our shepherd is trustworthy. He won't lead you to places where he isn't with you. He won't lead you to places that aren't best for you. He won't lead you to places where he won't provide for you and be with you. You can follow the shepherd and trust him. You're like, how do I know that, Nate? Well, look down at verse three. Look at what it says. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness or along the right paths. Why, why? For his name's sake, that's why. You see, we can trust that he will lead us along right paths because he does it all for his name's sake. He does it all for his reputation. See, a shepherd who doesn't provide for his sheep, he's not gonna be a shepherd very long, is he? He's like, oops, lost all my sheep. Well, guess what? You're not a shepherd anymore then, are you? You're like, hey, I've got some sheep. I'd like to entrust them to your shepherding. Where are all your sheep? They got eaten. Oh, okay, I'm gonna go find another shepherd. 
He won't be a shepherd long. Our shepherd provides for his sheep. Why? Because his reputation is of utmost importance to himself. He is faithful to provide everything that is needed for his sheep because he does it all for his glory. And we, we can follow him confidently knowing that our shepherd provides. Next thing that our shepherd does, our shepherd protects. Our shepherd protects his sheep. Look at verse four. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you are you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Notice here, David shifts from talking about the Lord as my shepherd to now talking to the Lord. The pronouns here shift. Even though I walk through the, through the valley of the shadow of death. What is that? So picture this, picture this. A dark difficult, dangerous ravine, this valley. On the other side of it, green pastures, still waters. And this dark valley, is, it's, it's cut through the landscape of the desert in front of you. And as you, as you enter it, the darkness increases and the light narrows, narrowing in on the path that's in front of you, a sliver of light. And danger and death and predators, they lurk in the darkness. And this this seems to be funneling you right into the enemy's lair. Where are we going? Why this way? Wait, I thought the shepherd was leading us along the right paths. What kind of shepherd takes his sheep through this? This is the type of shepherd that takes his sheep through this. First, a shepherd that is confident in his wisdom. A shepherd who knows the right path. A shepherd who is confident that this journey leads to someplace better, green pastures and still waters. A shepherd who's confident that he, more than anyone else, knows what is best for his sheep. What kind of shepherd takes his sheep through this? A shepherd that's confident in his wisdom. But second, what kind of shepherd takes his sheep through this? A shepherd who is completely confident in his ability to protect his sheep. Look down at verse four there. I'll fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The shepherd's rod was this like club this thick, short club that hung from the shepherd's belt that he used 
to fight off predators. Think of this like a, almost like a short baseball bat. Um, funny story I thought of this week as I was re- reading this. Some years ago when our three kids first started staying at home by themselves, um, we went to dinner one night and our kids just in passing said something about, yeah, you know that time when uh, we thought someone broke through the front door and was rummaging around downstairs? <laughs> that was kind of scary and we're like, whoa, pause. We haven't heard this story. We need to hear more. And they're like, oh yeah, it sounded like there's this big crash and it sounded like someone just kicked in the front door and then they were downstairs. And I'm like, um, surely 911 heard about this? And Because we didn't. What's going on? And they're like, it was okay, dad. Why? And they're like, well, and I won't name names. One of my children, they said, went and found a baseball bat. And they got that baseball bat and they went downstairs to check and make sure everything was okay. And I'm like, pause. (laughs) Better option in the future, uh, 911, mom and dad. Okay, and they're like, dad, it was okay. I mean, would you wanna face this child with a baseball bat? And I'm like, good point. Good, good point. And it's one of those moments as a parent where you're like, I don't know whether to be so mad right now or to be proud. It's, it's all lumped in the one. But my kids, they got, they understood like, hey, this is what a club is for. It's for protection. It's to beat off the bad guy, right? It's your rod comforts me. What else? Your, your staff. What was the staff? used for a shepherd's staff was used to guide the sheep. Remember, we're not the smartest creatures. And we tend to wander off the path, out of the light and into the darkness, into the waiting jaws of the, of the wolves, right into that pit or off the cliff. And as we start to step off of that narrow sliver of light and into the darkness, the shepherd graciously and gently but authoritatively comes with his staff and brings us back onto that path. What kind of shepherd takes his sheep through this dark valley, the type of shepherd that's confident in his wisdom and the type of shepherd that is completely confident in his ability to protect his sheep? That's what kind of shepherd. Let's keep going, verse five. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil my cup overflows. The picture here changes just a little. And now it's becoming even more personal. We see the shepherd acting even here almost like a host or even a, a friend. So picture this again. You, got, you have a dark valley. You're in it. Hungry wolves stalking, snarling, lurking in the shadows, ready to devour. That's where you're at. And in the midst of that darkness, there's a spotlight. And that spotlight shines on a table. And the the shepherd, the shepherd says, hold on, sheep. And he brings out this ornate table. And he sets it down in the light and he grabs chairs and he puts chairs around this table and then he sets the table 
methodically. And then he prepares a feast right there at the table, a feast meant for royalty, unlike you've never seen before. And then what's he do? He invites you to sit down at that table. And then he serves you. You're sitting with the Lord at his table in the middle of this valley. And here's the thing, the wolves, they're not invited to that table. Only his children, his sheep are invited to that table. And in fact, the wolves don't even dare step into the light and try to sit down at that table. Why? For fear of feeling the wrath of the shepherd's rod. And what's really cool about this picture is, notice the shepherd doesn't wait to feed his sheep until you get to the destination of green pastures and still waters. The shepherd doesn't wait to feed his sheep until you get to that ultimate place of rest in green pasture and still waters. What's the shepherd do? The shepherd graciously feeds his sheep right now. He brings the green pastures and the still waters to you, even in the dark valley. I love this because it's like the shepherd just flexes. He's, he walks right up into the enemy's neighborhood and he's like, hey, uh, this is my special guest. They'll be feasting at my table. I've got a special relationship with them and you enemy, you can't do anything about it. And the enemy, knowing that he isn't invited to that table, you know what he does? He whispers lies from the darkness, doesn't he? Hey, you don't belong at that table. Hey, hey, you don't deserve to be feasting with the shepherd. Hey, and in those moments, do you know what we get to do? we get to repeat truth back to that lying enemy. And we get to say, you know what? My shepherd purchased my seat at this table with his life. And you aren't welcome. Shut your face. See, the Lord doesn't necessarily remove all of our, our enemies and our suffering and our difficulty or even temptations in this life, you know what he chooses to do? He provides and protects in the midst of them. You're like, Nate, what are, what are we eating at this table? Don't, 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 don't go there yet. This is less about what you're eating. It doesn't really matter if it's spam or steak, it's steak. What's more important in this picture is who is at the table. It's me and my Lord. And he, he sits down and he offers himself in relationship. Think about this for a second, wait. He is the feast. He is my provision. He is the green pastures and the still waters. But Psalm 16, we'll be there in a few weeks. Psalm 16, five says this, the Lord is my chosen portion and the Lord is my cup. And according to this passage, my cup overflows. See, sometimes 
to get to better places, we've gotta pass through difficult ones. But those hard places can actually, they can actually allow us to experience a closeness to the shepherd that we may not have known otherwise if we didn't travel that path. And through sorrow and grief and through struggle, he's teaching us. He's teaching us to to trust him. He's teaching us to be content. He's teaching us what hope looks like and he's teaching us what deep joy looks like. He's teaching us what we need most. And we can trust, we can trust that somehow, even through this dark valley, I will be better. I will be more like Jesus, I'll be closer to him, and I will glorify him, having traveled through this valley while trusting the provision and the protection of the shepherd. Psalm 118 verse six says, the Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? What valley are you walking through right now? What darkness feels like it's just gonna engulf you? See, whatever life throws at us, we don't fight, we don't endure, we don't face it alone, we don't face it in our own strength. Why? This tells us the shepherd is with us. The shepherd is fighting for us. The shepherd is leading and guiding us onto the right paths. And even in the darkest moments, even in the the hardest of times, we don't have to be afraid. Repeat that, like, I am not afraid. I do not have to fear. I'm not afraid. Why? You're with me, Lord. He continues to show us this. The third thing that our shepherd does is this. Our shepherd pursues. Our shepherd pursues us. Look at verse six. Surely goodness and mercy or goodness and faithful love shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This word follow, it could also be translated pursue or even to chase down. You're like, well, hold on. I thought the enemy was pursuing me. Wrong, not just the enemy. It says goodness and mercy are pursuing me. What, wait, what, what does that even mean? Goodness and mercy, those are attributes, characteristics. Like, how are we supposed to understand that? I've been in uh, Exodus in my quiet time in the mornings. And this week, it was this. Moses, at this point in Exodus chapter 33, he's with the Lord. And you might remember this. He says, Lord, please show me your glory. And the Lord said, I'll do this. I'll make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim before you my name, the Lord, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. I love that. Moses is like, Lord, I wanna see you. I wanna see your presence. 
Like, show me your glory. And the way that the Lord describes his presence that he's gonna allow Moses to seize, he's like, I'll pass before you with all of my goodness. I think we're supposed to have that in mind when we look at this. What's goodness and mercy, these seemingly intangible things that are pursuing after me? Here's what goodness and mercy is. It's the shepherd. The goodness and mercy are him. He in his perfect character pursues us with his person. And it says what? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Where, where's that house? That house is where he is. It's where he's present. It's a description of what it looks like to be with the Lord in relationship and in his presence. And it says, here's where the house of the Lord is. It's where he's at. And his goodness and his mercy, they'll follow you as his child all the days of your life. There's nowhere that you will go as his child where he doesn't chase you. There's nowhere you will go as his child where he won't be with you and ready to help you and love you and in relationship with you and show you his goodness and his mercy and his grace. Praise the Lord that our shepherd always pursues his sheep. In the New Testament, we see that this shepherd that Psalm 23 is talking about, it's Jesus. In John chapter 10, it says, I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one's able to snatch them out of my father's hand because I and the father are one. The good shepherd laid down his life for his sheep. He silently, selflessly, and sinlessly offered himself as our sacrifice. And he endured the just wrath of God in our place. And he pursued us at the cost of his life so that we would receive his free gift of salvation and be overwhelmed by his goodness and his steadfast love. Is he your shepherd? If you have not placed your trust in him, he is not your shepherd. And even now, under the sound of my voice and the preaching of his word, he is pursuing you and saying, turn from your sins. Place your trust in me and I will lead you and renew you and restore you and lead you and I will satisfy you with my presence for all of your life. Turn to him today. You're like, Nate, I am his sheep. He is, he is my, my shepherd. What do I do? What's this psalm tell me to do? And ugh, psalms don't always work like that. I'm just gonna tell you, go out and do this thing, this thing, this thing, and this thing. Here's what you're meant to hear and to see 
that you're meant to do from Psalm 23. You're meant to consider it, to think about it, meditate on it, pray Psalm 23, and worship through it. He will satisfy you. Not just someday in the future. He promises he will satisfy you with his presence. Even now, in this life, in the valley of the shadow of death. Lean into your relationship with him. And I would say this week, use this psalm to draw near to the Lord. As we end, I just want to pray this over us one more time. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, God of the universe, Savior, King, is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in, in, in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will I'll fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in your house, Lord, forever. Amen.